Hello, and welcome back to Crankit Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jekta Mastro, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Good morning, afternoon, and evening to you, and you, and you. Okay. <laughs> uh, good good, good evening to you, because that's when we're recording. Um, we're do- this, this, this is a, a, a movie on a different scale than we've done before. Scale? Yeah. You think it's big? Because it's big and they have scales, they fish tend to have oh. scales. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, that was it. That was the intro right there. It's excellent. Okay, interesting. Uh, I like the effort. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, we took it. We really put the takes uh, a minute to uh, figure out what what it is, but uh, but, you, but know, you got it. Yeah, you got to put the work in if you want the the good content. Yeah, the process. So yeah, we're doing uh, Tim Burton's. 2003 film, yeah. uh, Big Fish? Yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. Um, yeah, this film. is a this is a good movie in my opinion, but we'll talk about our initial thoughts after we've discussed kind of the the summary. But yeah, we're doing Big Fish by uh, directed by Tim Burton. but So this is our yeah, second um, Burton film, I believe. Yes, this uh, is, yeah, not the first time he's been brought up. Uh, if you want to know more about, uh, you know, Tim Burton, I think we outline a lot of his career in the uh, episode about Mars Attacks. Yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, if you yeah. want, we're not going to really cover that again in this episode. So if you want more about yeah. Tim Burton, you can yeah go there. Um, but, yeah, yeah so, in this episode, uh, we're mostly going to talk about this. Uh, Tim Burton's last good movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe we can have that con- We'll have that conversation for sure uh, during, during, okay. <laughs> during this podcast. But, um this episode we're going to talk about just kind of the summary you know our initial thoughts you know some basic facts uh production that sort of thing as we always do um so we'll get to the the more meaty stuff next week um but yeah i believe it is uh it is your turn to do our our five minute summary you know what for once it actually is i know i wrote it down (laughs) thinking it was my turn and i was like wait a second it is actually his turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Wait, hold on. Let, let me, let me get the timer ready. All right, all right, all right. Okay, you ready? Yep. All right. Whenever you're ready. Okay, uh, now. Go. Okay, so we have this guy, uh, and he has, like, a troubled relationship with his father. 
because he thinks his father uh, is lying all the time because he makes up these fantastical tales. Yeah. Uh, and um, eventually uh, he has to go home to go see his dad uh, because his dad has cancer and it's, uh, no, he's not doing well. Um, and so he goes to go see his dad and, uh, uh, his dad sort of tells all kinds of stories about, um, about his life really. And, uh, so basically, uh, he pretty fantastical stories. So we find out that, uh, he's, he grew up in Alabama and then he, uh, he grew faster than his body could take so he sat in bed for uh, three years um, he also uh defeated a giant uh named carl uh by <laughs> taking him by convincing him to stop terrorizing the town he um oh he saw a witch who told him how he's gonna die uh he walks down a road to a little nice town called specter uh which is really creepy and then he meets uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, some <laughs> other people. Um, but And he leaves, but he's like, I promise I'm going to come back uh, to this little girl. And then uh, <laughs> then he goes to the circus. And um, at the circus, uh, him and Car- Carl gets a, gets a nice job because uh, <laughs> he's a giant. <laughs> um, and then he, he sees this girl. And for some reason, he thinks, uh, oh, I have to marry this woman, but he doesn't know her for some and reason. It turns out that Danny DeVito who runs the circus does know her. And he's like, and Danny DeVito extorts him into free labor, uh, <laughs> for telling for three years until he tells, uh, tells him who he, who she is. And then he goes and meets her, but then he finds out that she's already going to get married. And, uh, then, uh, he finds out that the guy that she's going to marry is this, uh, this guy he used to know and then he gets into a fight and then this guy beats him up Halfway. but then like he doesn't do anything and so then he's like well fuck uh and then she's like oh fuck you i'm gonna marry uh you and mcgregor instead and then, <laughs> uh, uh and then um he uh he turns out he has to go to korea and then he uh has this he, he's a paratrooper and he jumps into this north korean like weird thing and he finds these Siamese twins and uh, he convinces them to help him uh, steal the plans for this thing and then he goes missing and then uh, they tell his wife he's dead but he's not and then he comes back and then um, and then he becomes a traveling salesman and then, <laughs> uh, he robs a bank and stuff like that and Steve Buscemi gets rich and then um, <laughs> and then he goes back to Spectre he finds out that Spectre's not doing too well, so he's like, I'm going to buy the town. Steve Buscemi, give me some money so I can buy the town. And then he does. <laughs> and then he, uh, you know, uh, his back into the present, his son is like, uh, you know, talking to him. And he's like, tell me the real stories. And then, you know, he tells him, I already told you the real stories and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, his son goes looking through his shit. And then he, he finds out that, oh, you know, maybe some of this is true. And then he goes back and he finds the town of specter and then he meets this girl this woman who uh who was the little girl from the beginning uh, for earlier in the movie and then um she One tells minute. him stuff about how he fixed that the house and then um he comes back and then um 
back in the present, uh, his father is dying and he has a stroke. And so they go to the hospital and then his father wakes up in the middle of the night after having a stroke. And he's like, uh, you know, tell me how I go. Tell me how I die. Because that was the whole thing in the, with the witch. And then uh, his son makes up a story. And then his father dies. And they go to the funeral. And then all the people seconds. from the stories show up. And they realize, okay, partially what he was saying was true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. No, there's 30. I think you're missing something here. The, what did I miss? The final climax. You got 12 seconds left. 10, 9. What, with the big fish going into the river? Yeah. Okay, well, that was, yeah, that was the story they told. I just didn't know if I had time for that. Yeah, okay, I'll <laughs> do 2, 1. Well done. All right. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think that that was a pretty good story. Yeah, yeah, I think you could, you touched all the bases there, yeah. Yeah, it's like a series of, of vignettes, you know? Yeah, I mean, jump back it, and it's, forth. it's a lot like Forrest Gump. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a lot of similarities actually. He's like a he's like a smart Forrest Gump. Yeah, um, intentional Forrest Gump rather. It's more fantastical. Yeah, it's totally it's it's whimsical, for sure. But because um, there's where oh I didn't even mention the werewolf. Oh yeah, well Danny DeVito's a werewolf. Danny, Danny DeVito's a werewolf, by the way, which totally makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, uh, I, I quite enjoyed uh, this movie. I thought it, it's a fun, it's a fun romp. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I would like, I honestly like, um, like the framing device is like cool and all, but like honestly, I just want to hear more Edward Bloom stories. I know. I could just keep that. Could just keep. I could just keep. They should watching make a series. McGregor. They should make a series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorry, what'd you say? Like, they should make a series. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Just Edward, <laughs> like the life of Edward Bloom, just like each episode is another adventure. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I suspect that, you know, this is based on a book and I suspect that uh, it's somewhat abridged. So I might check out the book just because I feel like there might just be some more stories in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but I was thinking the same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy this film. I've seen it like a lot of times, over a dozen probably. Um, just some of them incidentally, but it does, you know, I do really quite like it. Um, but you know, it's mostly Ewan McGregor is just so good, you know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, also like, he's amazing and like, I can't imagine anybody else being, uh, Edward Bloom, but, uh, yeah. And, well, uh, although except in this film, he is also played by Albert Finney, but yeah, yeah old I, him. <laughs> he does a great job but, too, uh, um, for yeah, that, um, that, uh, age. Yeah, that role. That, but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I, I also just really like the way this uh, this movie ends because like the stories are so cool that you kind of you kind of want them to be true. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's really. And good. then you you find out that well, they might not be a hundred percent true, but you know, there's some truth to them. Yeah, it's a really good like story. I think it's really well uh, uh, kind of adapted. So. I guess let's get into our uh, basic facts, and we can talk about how it was, uh, how it was uh, created. Yeah. So as as we said, this, well, as I said, this was based on a book, right? Yeah. Um, who is the book by? It's by Daniel, Daniel Wallace, Wallace, who also wrote the Watermelon King, Ray in Reverse. I don't know. I've never heard of these. 
Um, uh, neither have I. But he wrote this book. Um, and then you've got the screenplays by John August, who's quite instrumental, actually. And then, obviously... Yeah, John August did a really good job, I think. Say that again? John August did a really good job, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like play. to read the book yeah. just so I could, like, get an idea of, like, what they... If they, like, you know, made any uh, artistic decisions Omissions. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Any, obviously, Ewan McGregor's in it. Albert Finney, as we mentioned. Um, you said Steve Buscemi. Who does he play in it again? He's Oh, yeah, he's a writer. He's um, the poet, yeah. The poet, yeah. The poet slash bank robber slash Wall Street exec. Yeah, that guy was a great, great character. Um, <laughs> perfectly played, yeah. obviously. Uh, we also mentioned uh, Jane Vito. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, it's Tim Burton, so you've got Helena Bonham Carter in there. Right, yes. She was. She plays uh, two roles because she's also the witch. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I guess it's kind of implied that they're the same character. It's kind of a weird, you know. I yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it one doesn't of those make sense. But then they mention that it doesn't make sense in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, but yeah, also Danny Danny Elfman, obviously, as we mentioned. Um, yeah, on the doing the score. Yeah, so it came out uh, two thousand three. It 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 made a lot of money actually. Um, yeah, it did really well. I guess Tim Burton was fresh off of a uh, Planet of the Apes, <laughs> yeah. which, as much as we we don't talk about it, was an extreme. Did we talk about it? Huh? Did we talk about it? Uh, or not much? I th- I, I'm sure we mentioned it like off the cuff, but I don't think we really. It came discussed up, it. but that's it. Was it successful? Yeah, wildly so. Really? Okay. I mean, just think about it. It's like, it, it was, was like the, the terrible remake. You know, they were bringing it back. Yeah, and then everybody involved with it hated it. Yeah, it was not a good movie. It's bad, bad stuff. Um, but it made a lot of money, and it it it, it made studios, uh, uh, you know, confident that Tim Burton can make a movie that's gonna make money. You know. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. So, but this movie, however, they made it huge budget, massive budget, way bigger than I thought. Seventy million. Yeah, yeah that's pretty big. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if you actually look at it, like, you know, it kind of makes sense. Like, there are a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of all. stuff. There's like expansive like locations, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's some stunts. You're telling a life story, so. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of shit. It's an epic. Yeah. Would you call this movie an epic film? Yeah, I, I would. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty much two hours. Yeah. So it's got the, minutes, the right yeah. length. And uh, you know, it's just it's uh, it uh, it's got a lot of a large scope. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it, so it made a hundred and twenty-three million dollars. So that's a shit ton of money. That's pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know. For seventy million dollar budget, that's respectable, but not hugely amazing. But you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's done. I don't because I didn't see it in theaters, right? So I've seen it no, like twelve yeah. times. I'm sure it's done pretty well in the home video market. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a good like family movie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, feel good movie, but still, it's got you know some more complex themes. Yeah. Exactly. 
so yeah, for the pre-production, um, as we mentioned, it was based on a book. But what was super, as I said, John August was very uh, instrumental in the uh, making of this film because he saw a uh, a pre-release copy of the book and he was like, "Fuck yeah, this is a great movie. We have to make it into a we have to make it into a movie." And I want to just I forgot to look into. I want to know what John August had worked on prior to this. Well, um, we can find that out. Yeah, he did. Oh wow! So he wrote Titan A.E. He did the screenplay. Oh, yeah. He did Charlie's Angels in 2000. He's he's worked a lot with uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, after this movie. Yeah. But yeah, so he hadn't really like he'd done a few movies. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, he went on to work a lot with Tim, Tim Burton, Burton, and he did the live action Aladdin. Ugh. Okay. He convinced Columbia to to buy the rights to the film. And I guess maybe you know it's a good book. They they were they were in. Columbia asked Steven Spielberg uh, to get involved, which kind of surprised me. Um, but I really, guess... I mean, it it does seem like it could be his bag. No, yeah, as soon as it, like at first it surprised me, but just the second you think about it, it's like oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of whimsical, you know. Yeah. They also had DreamWorks involved, and DreamWorks only kind of signed on to do it because uh, Spielberg was involved. <laughs> well, yeah, naturally. Um, but yeah, if you've got Spielberg involved, you know, anyone's going to sign on there. They're fucking into it. Yeah. So this is amazing. Cause as you were saying earlier, nobody else could have done fucking, you know, that, uh, character. I'm blanking on his name. Why am I, but Ed, Ed Wood is that Edward, Ed, Edward, Edward Bloom. Bloom. Ed Wood. <laughs> Ed Wood. Another Tim uh, Burton movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were saying nobody besides, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor could have done it, but Steven, Spielberg thought that Jack Nicholson would have been good for that role. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jack Nicholson, sure, he's got, like, you know, some charm, but, like, there's just something sinister and impure about Jack Nicholson, yeah, Jack Nicholson you know Nicholson, what I mean? It wouldn't have been a family movie in my, like, how could you... Yeah, it's like, you know, I just get the sense, like, you know... <clears throat> Edward Bloom seems just like such a such a good guy. Such you know a what thoroughly I mean? like, wholesome. At least in dude. in the stories, you know what I mean. Say that again. Uh, in the stories, at least. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, I just I couldn't really see Jack Nicholson doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be so so weird. Like you say, he's got such an edge to him that it's like exactly. You know what I mean? Like. I can't imagine that character with that much of an edge. Um, yeah, and I'd I'd be interested. Although you you and McGregor has has had an edge in some roles. Yeah, totally. He's capable of it. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a great actor. Um, I mean, he did Train Spotting. Exactly. That's, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Talk about edge! My God, that movie is one yeah. of the fucking most depressing movies that I can't stop yeah. watching. <laughs> no, I've only seen it once, but it's yeah. Oh god, it's so depressing. <laughs> I know, yeah, it really is. Oh my god, um, but yeah, he's he's he he's great, and he's capable of doing both the edgy and the the super wholesome. But he absolutely nails it here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Jack Nicholson was was, I think, kind of into it, but Steven Spielberg really had to kind of court him, mm-hmm. and I think they had to like write a few treatments kind of for Jack Nicholson. Um, right. 
Which, you know, maybe they threw some some more edge in there. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. Do you want to read this quote from uh, August about about with Jack, or like the the period with Jack Nicholson? Yeah. So um, John August, the writer, says uh, there was this thought that there wasn't enough for Jack Nicholson to do in the movie. So we built new sequences. Pieces got moved around, but it wasn't a lot of new stuff being created. Uh, it ended up being a really good intellectual exercise in explaining and defending and reanalyzing pieces of my story. Sorry, of the story. So what do you think that means? Uh, I'm not sure what they mean by there wasn't a lot for Jack Nicholson to do. Yeah. Because like, there's a lot of... I mean, I don't know what the original draft looked like, but there's a lot of shit to do in this movie. Yeah, I'm like... I don't really know what they mean exactly. Like I, yeah, I, I, I mean, he phrases it as like he he do, he distances himself from it. You know, there was this thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so like, he clearly, um, and at the end, he's saying. He so, are to... you sure that the the Jack Nicholson was supposed to play the younger version of Edward Bloom, right? That's what I am. I'm assuming, but now that you mention it, yeah. I guess maybe not. Because I mean, I feel like if he was the older version, you know that that could work better. <laughs> it would work better, but. Still not well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would, that, like, the real, quote-unquote, you know, Bloom having, like, an edge to him would make more sense, for sure, but... Yeah. Still, I don't know. I think uh, Finney has, like, just enough, you know? Exactly, He's got yeah. mystery more than he has edge. Yeah, exactly. So, at the time, unfortunately, because we know Spielberg did not direct this movie um he was making a different movie uh called catch me if you can um, that's a pretty good movie fucking love that movie <laughs> that's like uh, i don't know i really i re- i just thoroughly enjoy that movie it's one of those movies that i don't even necessarily like acknowledge without acknowledging like how good it is like it's a good movie sure but outside of that yeah. i just really enjoy it yeah it's, it's really good we maybe we should cover that sometime yeah we should um, but yeah, so Spielberg was working on that, so he abandoned this project. He was like, uh, I'm going to go do Catch Me If You Can. This is not working out for me. See you later. Um, so DreamWorks was like, nah, okay, we're out too. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they, were, they were more in it for the Spielberg, you know, uh, gravy train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically we're just back with, uh, uh, August and a script <laughs> yeah august's got his script and he's got columbia still on board oh, okay right, right, right yeah um but you know there's nothing he, he's looking for a new director yeah they're just kind of searching around um there were a few other directors considered um and you know he kind of rewrote it a few times i think to you know try and uh sink one try and hook one um but eventually tim burton was approached again based largely on you know the uh, the whimsical style that he does, obviously, and the the box office success of Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. He... Um, that one thing I will, I'll say about because uh, you're talking about Edge a minute ago, and like, feel like uh, even when Tim Burton does something whimsical, it's usually got a little bit of a darkness to it. You know? What yeah, I mean? definitely. Where I I feel like this movie is kind of doesn't have that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Which is interesting. Because actually, I was, this is, when I found out, when I because I saw this movie when I was quite young, 
originally. Um, so when I actually found out that Tim Burton directed it, it actually surprised me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it totally makes sense, like, yeah, visually. Absolutely. That, when you think about it, it, everything it, but, lines up yeah. 100%. But, um, but, but it is interesting that, uh, you know, it, th- this movie is a bit more sort of friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's like a little bit just kind of outside of the the kind of purview of what like his normal films look like you can usually tell yeah and it's a little it's more sentimental you know what i mean exactly totally um yeah which is why i thought that uh, spielberg (laughs) would be an obvious choice yeah totally exactly so i guess like tim burton kind of got involved he he says that his his parents recently kind of had passed away he'd lost his 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 father and his mother like in a couple of years like mm-hmm. together so he said that the project kind of like spoke to him in that way so maybe that's why it was kind of sentimental in that way maybe he was like kind of personally connecting to it mm-hmm. yeah that's possible um but you know because tim burton's involved and that planet of the apes money is rolling in uh sony gets involved to distribute to replace uh replace dreamworks um, and then Richard, Richard Zanuck gets involved, and we've definitely talked about him before. And then... Did we decide if it was Zanuck or Zanuck? Oh, yeah. What was it? What did we decide? Uh, Let's say Zanuck. I just say Zanuck because it's Canuck, but you're right. It's probably Zanuck. Zanuck, a member of the very large Zanuck family. Yeah. like All I, active in Hollywood. I think it was the Planet of the Apes episode, coincidentally, that we talked about him in. Um, did we talk about him, or did we talk about one of the other Xanax? Maybe. I think because his father... might have been his father. Because I know his father died, and then he, like, replaced him. So there were two... Okay, anyway. so so Richard Zanuck, who we're talking about. Yeah. And then there was Daryl F. Zanuck, who was the older one. The senior, yes. Um, yeah, so I think it's so. It seems that uh, Richard was the one involved in Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so Amy Pascal, who was at Columbia Pictures at this time, she said about Tim Burton that Amy Pascal, who we've uh, talked about in the Moneyball episode, yeah, she was integral in getting that movie made. If you recall, uh, her and Brad Pitt like teamed together. Um, but yeah, anyway, you can go listen to that episode if you want to know more about that. But at this point, she was still at Columbia. Um, maybe this is how she got her foot in the door at Sony. Um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, do you want to read the quote she said about Tim Burton? She said, he is a visualist without peer, and his take on material is mythical, magical, heartbreaking, and priceless. We could not be in better hands as we move forward toward production. That seems like that seems like that was a press release. <laughs> I'm sure it was, but yeah. The, well, it, sh- it it reads like a producer saying it, you know, like a fucking... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It reads like a press release for sure. Yeah. So I don't think at this point we've mentioned the uh, other producers of the film, but they've been involved since the, uh, the original uh, days. I think they worked for Columbia. But Bruce Cohen and Dan Jinks were were working on a project at the time with Ewan McGregor, and so they suggested that Ewan McGregor be cast in, <laughs> instead of Jack Nicholson. Um, and I guess I mean, and such was an amazing choice. So, what had Ewan McGregor done 
prior to this? Um, let's see. A few things. One one of which I assume was train spotting. Right? Yeah, train spotting is one of them. Um, <laughs> which is not I I'm not sure that that was uh part of what made them pick. Yeah, up. I think he had done Star Wars. Oh, right, he had. Yes. Phantom Menace. Um but Yeah, he'd done Phantom Menace. Had he done uh, oh, he's done Attack of the Clones. Okay, so oh. there you go. So he was so he, he was done, a star. He'd done a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, just like I can't say enough of how just like how charming he is in this film. Well, know I know, I mean? like he 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 could win over anybody in this movie. Like, there's no <laughs> like he sells it 100. percent Okay, now what if you you took the movies this and Forrest Gump and you swapped him and Tom Hanks? Interesting. What do you think about <laughs> it? Uh, that would work, though. It could work. Because I feel like Tom Hanks could actually maybe do this. It would be absolutely... You, they're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they're both putting on southern accents. Yeah, they, they're both faking it. One more yeah. than the other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, like, speaking of which, Ewan said that he liked doing a southern accent. Um, we have a quote from him here. About doing the southern accent. Well, yeah, basically he said uh, it's much easier to do a southern accent than a standard uh, or a standard American accent um, because you can really hear it. Um, you can get your teeth into it. Standard American is much harder because it's more lyrical. I would. I'm not sure what he means by lyrical because I would kind of consider the southern accent more sing-songy. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure, but. Um, also, I'm not sure what a standard American... I mean, I guess by standard American accent, he means like, you know... He means a Yank. N- North Northwestern. Yeah, he you means a New mean? York accent. Well, but not a New York New Yeah, York not accent. not like a New York, New York. Not like a super New York accent, no. Yeah. Not an NYC accent. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently Tim Burton on the DVD commentary for this movie... Tim Burton compares uh, Ewan McGregor's acting style to Johnny Depp. Um, oh, interesting. Which is extremely uh, interesting. Does he say that they're similar? Uh, he just says that they, yeah, they. Uh, he likes you. He liked working with Ewan McGregor because he has a similar acting style to Johnny Depp, and obviously he likes working with Johnny Depp. <laughs> so obviously. Or I don't know. Or liked at least I don't know if he still does. Yeah. Well. I need to. I'd like to listen to the DVD commentary because, um, yeah, I was just I just read a, an excerpt from it, but yeah, it perhaps uh, we'll we'll listen to that before next week. I know the fucking man. DVD commentaries are like such a lost thing. It's like such a shame, I know, really. Like, and it's hard to find them now. I know it's really hard. Like it because nobody's and nobody's putting them online either. Like exactly, which is just nobody. Like it's, I don't know. I mean, I think if you get the Blu-ray, you can still get it. Yeah, yeah. But like, but you know, it's just a shame it's not the not the dominant thing. The dominant I mean, thing they, has they, no. They spent like in the fucking late '90s and early 2000s. They spent like fucking tons of time putting together these elaborate special features, and they were awesome. They were. They were so good. I always watched all of them. Like, it was great. I loved them. Yeah, like I remember uh, when I was a kid. Uh, around the time the DVDs were like first starting to come out yeah. like you still had vhs's at the video store yeah but um i i would always want to watch the 
the DVD, not because the picture was better, <laughs> because the special features, obviously. Yeah, because I mean, I was a kid. Features. I was a kid. I didn't give a shit about the picture. Like, yeah, at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but just it's have like um, stuff. Yeah, no, I I always wanted to watch the special features because they were awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I remember watching the Harry Potter special features actually. <laughs> Speaking. Oh of, right, yeah, I've, those I've were definitely, really great. Yeah. I remember seeing them like build like the creatures, and that was cool. Yeah, they show you how they build everything, and they like had like the sets, and they showed you like the owl trainers. It was awesome. Anyway, yeah, but like, anyway, uh, that's I, an aside. But I we we will be trying to track down the DVD for this film. Yeah. But yeah, actually, I should check to see if I used to have a DVD be. of it. Yeah, no, I I might I might be able to track one down. Let me let me think about it. <laughs> so. Speaking of tracking down, um, Tim Burton did a really weird, strange thing for this movie that I thought was really great. Yeah, he, I read this in your outline. Yeah. Uh, so he tracked down Billy Red to play banjo in the scene, uh, Inspector. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Billy Redden, I believe, is the guy who played the banjo in Deliverance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the, <laughs> he's the teenager who plays one of the dueling banjos in Deliverance. Which is, which is really weird to put that in the town of Spectre, which is supposed to be a really nice place. Yeah, and he like he sought it out specifically, which I I thought did was notice great. when I was watching the movie that the lick was that. Did you wait? Say so you did notice. I didn't notice it was the same guy, but I noticed the lick was the same that he was playing. You, yeah, so you did. Yeah, it's a little so I was like, it's wait, a bit of a... what? <laughs> Why is that the theme from Deliverance? Yeah, it's, it's That's really, really weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did notice that reference, but I didn't catch that it was actually the same actor. Or yeah. sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah, weird, but uh, kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a great little Easter egg, you know? A little uh, personalized feature. A deliverance <laughs> directed by uh, one uh, John Borman. Oh, no. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Remember we talked about that? Yeah, fuck. That's an unfortunate, unpleasant movie. Yeah, John Borman is an unpleasant person. Yeah, fucking John Borman hates his fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, that's a rabbit hole. But yeah, so that's that's basically the the, the pre-production period. They they kind of were uh, they were set to begin filming in late two thousand two, early two thousand three. Um, but that is a topic for next week. The actual production, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Before that, we have some more important things to talk about. Oh yeah. Wreck. All right, I think this is a, this is a good episode. It's a good episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have three connections. All right. Do you want to explain the segment? Yes. Yeah, six degrees of Star Trek. We connect uh, people in this film to Star Trek, 
uh, via their IMDb page. Precisely. Basically, like, you know, uh, if you are in Star Trek and you're also in this, that's one. That's what we want to know. And if you're in Star Trek, if you're in this and you're in something else with somebody who's been in Star Trek, that's two. You know what I mean? The point is, is it's all about Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. So we have, we're going to start with a direct connection. Okay. Oh, okay. Direct connection. And uh, we're going to start with Deep Roy. Deep? uh, The actor. Roy. And if you see a picture of him, you'll recognize him immediately. Uh, Deep Roy is Mr. Soggy. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, so he was in the uh he he was uh in this film he was he worked for Dane DeVito. Yeah. Uh he, he was one of the circus uh This guy's a legend. Carnies, I guess, <laughs> in this film. Yeah. Um yeah, uh and yeah, he's he is a legend. Uh he is also known for working with uh uh Tim Burton a couple times. Yep. Um Notably as every Oompa Loompa in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Indeed, he is the Oompa Loompas in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is an interesting movie. I revisited it kind of recently. There's talk about Edge. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then um, he is in the three Abrams treks. He's in all three of them. As Keezer. Oh, yeah, right. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's that, uh, and uh, he was also in a really creepy episode of the X Files. He was also in. He's in a ton of shit. He like, was uncredited he's... in the in Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a stand-in for Yoda, and he was a double for R two D two. Oh, yeah. Interesting. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in. Yeah, so he's, he's a short. He he's he's a short guy. If, yeah. If, if, if that wasn't clear, but he, he in in the film. He is. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's 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 a direct connection. Sick. Fuck yeah. Second, we have another direct connection. Okay. And this is uh, through Missy Pyle, who uh, plays uh, the woman who makes pie inspector. Uh, Mildred, yes. Mildred, yes. Uh, and she was in an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, oh, yeah, I know 2021 her. episode named, uh, called Strange Enemies, and she was... The voice of the interrogator. She's been in a lot of stuff. She, and she was in finally, Frasier, wasn't she? Yeah, she's in a ton of shit. Like once again, she's another person who has a very specific look. Like you see a picture of her, and you're like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen exactly. her in a million That's, things. You know what you I mean? You know exactly yeah. who she is. And um, our second, uh, sorry, our third connection, which is also a direct connection, is very much not like that. Wow, three direct connections. Okay, exactly. This is my favorite connection. Holy shit, sorry. Miley Cyrus was Ruthie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I did see that. Yeah, she was in... Miley Cyrus is in this movie for like five seconds. I fucking... I forgot about that. Holy shit. Yeah, fucking right at the beginning Miley. when they're outside... When they're outside the uh, the witch's house, she's in there. That's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway, this is, this is the best connection. Okay. And uh, you... You've, you've probably never seen this person's face. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, she is a stunt woman mostly, uh, and in this film, she is listed as River R- River Woman, which I believe is like the naked woman in the river. Oh yeah, that's who she is. Uh, huh? And uh, she's also listed as doing stunts on uh, a ton of ton of films, uh, and notably, she uh, is credited as a stunt performer 
in two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Wow. That is And that would be funny. In a Mirror Darkly and Babel One. Wow. Both uh, from the fourth season. I have uh, never I've well, not never, but um I've not seen so, the whole uh, the, Enterprise. Uh, sorry, I don't and uh, this woman's name is Bevan K. Bevan you know. K. Uh oh, yeah. Done Bevin a ton K of shit. Is River Woman. Yeah. Uh still doing stunts right now. Yeah. Uh so yeah, pretty cool. Super cool. Wow, that's three direct connections. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so I assume in Star Trek she probably had like a console blow up in her face or something. Yeah, probably something like that. Or she was like thrown across the room. <laughs> like that. Yeah, got exploded or something, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, uh, but there's yeah. Any, any number of things it could have been. Yeah. Um, I think that, that was cool through direct connections. Not often that happens. Yeah, that almost never happens. That's sick. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we we could say that it happened last episode, but... Uh, well, yeah, that's... of course, of course. That's a... <laughs> that's an exception. <laughs> a massive exception, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Miley Sire. I totally forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Miley Cyrus Great is stuff. very brief. Yeah, we didn't well. mention her up top, but uh, yeah, no, we did not. she's the uh, best part of this movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, you like, she's in it for such a short period of time that you you would need to like freeze frame. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. She's like, her. you see her peering over a fence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a few um, moments. Exactly. But yeah, direct connections. There we go. Uh, do we do we got anything left to talk about? Not this week. This is a kind of a bite-sized episode this week. Kind of, kind of a light week, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a heavy, but, heavy week last week, so you know you gotta. Yeah, you gotta lighten it up. Yeah, you gotta but, eat uh, it up. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll be back next week with the rest of the information about this film. Yeah, we're gonna finish. But I'd her like off. to give a shout out to our listeners in the Netherlands for tuning in. Thank you very much. Wow, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know any Dutch so I'm, I'm not going to try I, to say anything I know, no, not even couldn't even begin to tell you anything about the language yeah. so thanks for tuning in yeah we appreciate it. listening and yeah thank you next week